Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, your co-host. So happy to have you here. Today we have an old, old, old dear friend of mine on the show, Carlos Whitaker. He is just a gem of a human being. So happy to have him here. He is, of course, uh, an amazing speaker. I actually heard him speak uh, probably 10 years ago was the first time I heard him speak after having known him for, oh gosh, years. And I was so uh, just captured by his delivery and his storytelling uh, and how poignant he was. Great speaker, uh, global speaker, of course. He's a podcaster. He's got this incredible community, uh, the Insta Familia. He does some amazing things with it where he's raised money in literally hours for people in uh, dire need. Just a gift of a human being. He actually has a brand new book called How to Human, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects Us. Overall, great guy, Carlos Whitaker. I can't wait for you to meet him today. Hey, that's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And now here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Hey, Typology friends, welcome to this week's show. It's a big one. We're here with my friend, Enneagram 9, Carlos Whitaker, also author of the new book, How to Human, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects. Carlos, welcome to Typology. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having me. I'm here. I'm I'm here on Typology looking for some help from you, bro. So let, let's just let's go ahead and make Ooh. this thing happen. All right. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Well, you just, We're you dive just into the, the deep end. All right, let's Carlos. Just dive in. All right, let's Anthony, should we go there let's then? Let's do it right let's now. Let's go there. So, Carlos, normally I don't even ask this question unless we're two-thirds of the way into the conversation oh. and we've already established serious rapport. The question is, are you seeing a therapist and what is it you're working on these days? Whoa! Was this in like, was this in some sort of question, but you know, letter that got sent to me in the mail because I didn't, I definitely wasn't ready for this no. one. Um, yes, yeah, so I am seeing a therapist. Um, yes, like as of two and a half hours ago. Um, mm. and I am dealing Ooh, with, off. yeah, fresh off and I'm, I'm dealing and I'm moving through the emotions of truly feeling the middle of my life and not letting it be a crisis is where, is where I am at. I am in the midst of, to put it quickly, my daughter getting engaged, my still, still have a kid in high school, uh, my father battling dementia and on his way out of this earth, my career taking off and going places I never thought it would go and having a love, you know, trying to have a loving marriage and balance all the fullness of my freaking life at the same time. When honestly, there's moments where I'm just like, I'm, I'm out of here. I, I, I got it. I'm just going to go live in a cave and, you know, hunt and catch my food. And if I don't eat for a week, then that's fine. I, I just am in the middle of life and I'm feeling so much life happening at one time. And that's what my therapist is helping me through. So there you are, two thirds of the way through the podcast. Bam, we're, we're, we're at the answer. All right. So you're feeling what uh, in, in some circles of psychology, we would say overwhelmment. Oh, um, there it is. Yeah, that, that feeling of um, being um, tyrannized by the enormity of one's life. Oh, God, say that again. Put that on a bumper sticker and let me put it on my truck. 
That's it. Okay. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> we can. But what is the is the it was, what's the feeling under that? Is it is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it pressure? Performance anxiety? What's what is it? I think. Uh, gosh, you know, I don't have my feelings chart that my kids used to have on the fridge um, when they were growing up. But I feel like there is a level that I haven't felt in a long time of pressure mixed with anxiety. I used to struggle massively with anxiety. I'm talking like panic attacks kind of uh, anxiety, like like mm. like physical manifestations. I did a lot of work on that. that that's all but gone. So I'm, I'm not there, but I can definitely begin to feel more of it in my body than I have in a long time. And that that's kind of like an alarm for me. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like last time I started feeling like this, my life fell apart. So how do I get ahead of this? And you know, Again, that's why I was with my therapist this morning. But I, I'm feeling, yeah, the word pressure feels, it definitely, that is a palpable feeling that I can feel, like tangible feeling I can feel on myself. And then I would say, yes, there's definitely anxiety. There's been some like shortness of breath. There's been some heart palpitations. There's been some things that I'm like, yeah, my body is reacting to this stress that it is under. Um, and I think with all that, if I can get to like a basic emotion, fear probably is is in there right in the middle of all of that. Hmm. Fear of what? Fear of it all falling apart. (laughs) Fear of, fear of my, I think fear of, fear of what's next, to be honest with you, fear of, of, of what is coming that is unknown to me. And the unknownness is what is my life like without my parents and without my children uh, in the capacity that I've always known my parents and always known my children. And knowing that inevitably that is on its way very close, all three of my kids, even the engaged ones, still live under my roof. There's going to be a Band-Aid ripped off very quickly when both my daughters move out a- around the same time. And and my father is, you know, no longer presenting as he had his has his whole life to, to me. And I think there's a there's just a fear of like, well, what's next? Like, what what's this next thing going to be like for me? I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> you know, mm. I really enjoyed this last season. I, I've really enjoyed it. Why would I want it to change? You know, mm. yeah. So, so you're an Enneagram nine. Do you know if you're a social nine, a self pres nine, a one to one nine? Oh, see, this is where this. Nope don't 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 know my subtype. Okay. Oh, and how did and, you land on being a nine? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I think that that's that's probably the better question. Um, I think I think forever when Enneagram started showing up in every conversation I had with all my friends in Nashville, I was I was automatically like, I'm a seven, is what everyone kept saying. Oh, you're a seven, Carlos. You're a seven. You're life of the party. You're this and that. But then then I then I uh, I, I read a book. It, it, this was oh seven eight years ago um, that my friend Kyle Chowning gave me, and. I can't remember the name of the book, but I remember it, it, was, it was like two was pages. Was it yellow? No. <laughs> was, it, <laughs> was it called The Road Back to You? It wasn't. Of- it, I, I, yeah, it, it wasn't. I okay, interview's over. For Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you later. <laughs> because if you had read that book, all would have been yeah, clear. I, all would have been clear. And, and so the one he gave me was not yellow wasn't wrote back to you and it was more of a pamphlet i would even say than a book like it was mm-hmm. really quick it was a quick read but i remember reading all of them and i just remember 
I didn't take a test. I didn't, but the like nine was like, oh, oh my God, wait a second. Because I got to seven and I was like, this is what everyone says I am. I got to nine. I was like, wait a second. No one's going to believe me, but this is really me. Like, like no one's going to believe me, but this, everything I know about, or I'm reading about a nine is like who I am, not who everyone else is telling me I am. And that's where I was like, oh, maybe I am. And then I may have taken a test or two here or there. I don't even know if those tests work, but but I, the, the nine is kind of where I kept coming back to. And it might be by the end of this conversation, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm something else, but from what I know, I'm a nine. Yeah. All right. So, what is it about the nine that was the penny drop? I, I think it was the it was the the and I mean again, I may uh, definition wise be off here, but there, there was a uh, there was an attribute of, of peacemaking. There was an attribute of of wanting peace and wa- and wanting not only for myself but for those around me, and that being kind of my guiding force when it comes to relationships that I'm in. And I'm, I try for that to be the the goal, but then also even some of my, I mean, I don't want to say faults, but even the things that I fear, the, the people pleasing, the, um, the, those attributes in me that, um, was scared of confrontation, never wanting to upset anybody around me. And mm. I think those were maybe some of the things that, that led me towards feeling that's where I was. Hmm. Can we explore that a little yeah. bit, Ian? We could, Anthony, oh, for sure. Oh. So <laughs> let me ask you this, Carlos. Are, are you someone who fundamentally growing up sort of didn't feel like your presence didn't matter as much as that of others? And did you feel like everybody else had more, like just more life energy than you did? In other words, they seemed to have stronger opinions, stronger beliefs, and you were just like, Man, you know what? You know, if you feel that strong, I'm just going to go along with whatever's going on here because you just have so much more energy here than I do that I'm just going to go with it. And I think not only not only do you get an amen to that, but I think I just was like, well, I, I if I don't have that much energy around something, then I'm just ah, uh, you know, like I just I don't I don't. And then maybe I started feeling like I didn't care. Like I was like, should I care more about about things than I actually do? You know, there was there was definitely a lot of that. Um, you know, in my young adulthood, even into you know the last um, you know maybe ten years or prior. Um, but you know, when, when you talk about, uh, what did you say right before that? You were like, what was there a point in my life where, oh, what was it? Your life, that your presence didn't really matter. As yes. Much yes. As- y- yes. Yeah. I just felt, um, like a, uh, a fraud may be the wrong word, but there was a lot of imposter syndrome creeping up on me. Everything. As I kind of grew through the ranks of evangelicalism and when I was really in the church world, like every single time I'm like, uh, I will never be what they need me to be, you know? And mm-hmm. there was a lot of that. And, and I think a lot of that came from, I had a leader in my life in my twenties, uh, that, I mean, looked at me and, you know, I was actually trying to grow in my leadership. I, I remember asking for like, can I have an intern when I worked at this kind of big mega church? And, um, they were like, no, Carlos, like you're, like you're not a leader like that. Like you're, you're an entertainer. Like you're really good at being on stage and, and entertaining, but you're not really a leader of people like off stage. So like, leave that to us. And you just be, like, I'm kind of Phil Jackson. Your Kobe Bryant was l- the literal language that was used. And it just was a lot of that. Ian. it's just always been a lot of like, Oh, I guess I'm a, I'm an inch deep and a mile wide. You know, like mm-hmm. like that that, uh, and when I finally found my mild deepness, maybe the last five years of my life, 
Lord have mercy, watch out because I, I I grabbed a hold of that. And I don't know, I don't know if that's a wing, I don't know what that is, but but that that really um changed me and shifted me. And suddenly I was able to I feel like be a peace, be a peacemaker or whatever, along with a justice keeper. You know, it's it suddenly I was seeing these two things like intertwining, and I was like, huh, this is very interesting how I'm able to do this. Um, but I've never really kind of dove in as, as to the the why there. So, when when you get close to something that really matters to you, historically, have you had a tendency to kind of like just turn down the flame a little bit so as to to lower desire, almost like a defense to the pain of not getting your needs met? Yeah, the, yeah. The defense is I'm not, I don't want to get hurt by by this thing that I treasure so much. And that thing could be a relationship. That thing could be a, a passion, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yes, yes, I have, I have found that to be true. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's all very 90 stuff, Anthony, but what are you thinking? Well, so talk a little bit about where you always felt like you had like imposter syndrome. What is that yeah. about? Bro, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Let, let's go into Anthony and my relationship, right? Like, I moved, to, I moved to town. I signed a record deal, you know, 2011, 2010, and I, I, I didn't want to be a, a recording artist. Like, I like to stand on stage and to jump around and to make people feel whatever. And suddenly, I get this, you know, I start getting asked, yeah, hey, you want to sign a record deal? Next thing you know, I'm signed to Integrity Music. And I'm thrust into a world that I never really even asked to be in. So now I'm having to pretend, honestly, every writing session that I know what I'm doing. I have to pretend every studio session that I'm like I know what I'm doing. I'm literally Googling how to act like a recording artist. Like, like I'm that that's how big the imposter syndrome thing was. But it wasn't just then. Like it it permeated if I if I just look back again, like, oh, I want to be a leader in this church. Well, actually, no, like you're you're not. So now I'm having to pretend to be a leader, uh, you know, go back to even, you know, college. And, uh, and I look at, you know, I go to an all white country college in Rome, Georgia, and I'm the, one of the only people of color there. And I suddenly am having to pretend to be white. Like I, I, I'm like, it's just this constant state of imposter syndrome that I am living in that, um, I just was trying to make everybody feel okay about who Carlos was, never wanting to uh, ruffle any feathers. Are you good at like, are you good at like adapting like whatever yeah. sort oh. of personality you Freaking need to be chameleon. for any moment? Bro, bro, you put, you dropped me at TD Jakes's church and I got those people hooting and hollering in an <laughs> instant. I am preaching. You dropped me in front of a DEI workshop at Nike corporate headquarters. And I am the most, I call, I call the difference between those two, Carlos Whitaker and Carl Witt. When I have to be like corporate Carlos, I call myself Carl Witt because I I just become what is needed in that moment. So I'm very chameleon, very adaptable. You know, the only time I, I feel like I'm beginning to have a hard time with that again is when I've started to do a little bit more like work around hot topics the last few years. Um, which is just what I do most of my days with my kind of online presence. I'm just trying to help people navigate difficult things, I think, mm-hmm. in a grace-filled way. I just am finding less grace in the grace-filled ways. Like, I just am getting more agitated quicker when it comes to some of those things. So there's a little bit of the chameleon-ness. I don't know if because I'm in my late 40s and it's just starting to wear off. But, um, but yes, I've been very good at that for a long time. But there's parts of that that I'm actually finding 
you know, maybe in a good way. I'm not, I just kind of don't give a shit. And sorry, like, I don't know if I can say that, but anymore. Like, right. like, I just, what, I just am like, yeah. One of the reasons I was asking that question is because we do have a history and you've been yeah. super, like you, I mean, you're like you, as you are on your socials, you're super transparent, a lot of vulnerability. And you've talked to me about this before, you know, where you have the ability to sort of adapt and be a chameleon. And, and that is sort of stereotypical, a lot of the characteristic of a three. Hmm. And the three and not the three and the nine share a line, really. So yeah, huh. so it's actually possible. I, I actually want because one of the things that you have is you, I know, you know nothing about a three. By the way, I, I don't even know if I've ever read a definition of a three. So all right, okay, here we so go. There we here go. We go. Here we go. <laughs> now we're okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. We're going to back it up. Four, four, three, three. two, one. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Typology. We're here with my friend, Carlos Whitaker. We're starting the show over. Hey, everybody. One of the lessons I've learned over the years is that not everybody benefits from a traditional 50-minute counseling session. And this is why some people can go to couples therapy or personal counseling for a long time and never really get anywhere. This is why I'm such a believer of intensive counseling and my friends at Restoring the Soul in Colorado, created by my longtime friend Michael Cusick to help couples or individuals experience deep change and have day blocks over one or two weeks. Now listen, if you can't wait months or years to get to the bottom of an issue or to experience breakthrough, you need to get in touch with my friend Michael and his extraordinary team of counselors at Restoring the Soul. If you're looking to get out of the rut you're in, but can't wait months or years, call Restoring the Soul today for a free consultation with Michael's staff. Call 303-932-9777 and learn how their intensive counseling process can help you. As a special bonus, just for Typology listeners, make sure to visit www.restoringthesoul.com slash typology to download their PDF called Five Ways Unaddressed Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationships. All right, Carlos. So let me ask you just a couple of questions. One is, I'm going to just give you two statements. You tell me which one sounds more like you. Okay. For most of your life, for as going for as far back as you can remember. Okay. So not just today, but just think about the arc of your whole life. Okay. Okay. I'm going to speak in the first person. I have had a need to succeed, to appear successful, and to avoid failure at almost any cost. I have seen a world growing up in which people value others more for what they achieve and accomplish in life than for who they are inside. Uh, typically, it's really important for me that I win. I like to be in first place. In fact, when I'm not in first place, I'm a little bit, you know, feeling like I'm failing, right? Like being in second place yeah. is just not enough, right? Yeah. Uh, I um, probably at a young age had to become somebody else in order to please an important person in my life. Uh, I had to succeed at something I wasn't particularly interested in succeeding at in order to please that person and in the process, maybe sacrifice a little bit of my own identity of, of who I am as a, as a person. You know, I uh, do have this ability to shape shift in front of people because I don't really actually believe I can be loved for who I am. Mm. And so I will continue to throw up 
projected images to match the other person's expectations of me. So yeah. well, if I have that to be, one, that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. that one really speaks loudly to me. Uh, All right. How about everything else I said? Uh, yeah. That what something else that, that you, when you were talking about, um, uh, growing up, not being kind of appreciated for who I am, um, but maybe having to pretend to be somebody else. Um, I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those going back again, I'm going back into my early adulthood and very, there were, there were maybe a couple that maybe led me to believe and maybe, maybe I was, I was placing more, more language around what you're actually saying. But like one thing that I'm not in the same way that some people are, that would be like driven achiever, kind of high, kind of whatever. Like I, I, I don't care if I win. I'm not competitive. Like I'm, I don't care. I, I just, I just don't care if I win at things like winning, whatever that definition of something is. I'm like, ah, you know, th this or that. But I definitely am like things I'm good at. No one will be better than me. At, a at quick rapid things. test. Are you ready? Rapid yep. test. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, are you a world class multitasker? Yes. Okay. Um, do you feel stressed when someone places a demand on you for really deep emotional connection? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have, have you had historically difficulties in uh, intimate relationships where you kind of almost play at intimacy? Uh, yeah. I'm a okay. horrible friend. We'll, we'll circle back. All right. <laughs> okay. So um, are, are you someone who's had historically, you mentioned having a feeling wheel on the, on the fridge. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if that was for the kids or for you, but the question <laughs> I have for you is, are you someone who has trouble recognizing your own feelings and then also other people's feelings? You actually even have trouble naming those feelings. Um, I You're have trouble naming the, bit. Like yeah, think, think yeah. of your a little bit of your more of your younger self, not like right now. Oh, okay, done okay, a lot of work. okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I've done so much work; it's freaking getting in the way of my true self. I am, um, you know, I th I think my feelings. I'm very empathetic. Like I, I definitely feel other people's feelings, like with them. Like I, I know. Like I'm, I'm, I, I may not be able to name them, um, but I also am, am kind of. This is kind of strange. I've actually never said this out loud. My wife says this to me all the time. But like, I don't, I don't cry a lot. Like, like I'm not like a like a. She's like, I just wish that. She's like, you cry a lot for Instagram, <laughs> but 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 I, I don't. You don't really cry about things that matter to us, you know. And so like, I mm -hmm. I do feel like maybe there's not, you know, like I'm I'm not able to even maybe even tap into those um, in ways okay. that I don't get angry. I don't get mad. I'm not. My wife's like sometimes she's like, will you effing yell at me? Like, will you be get mad? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, are you image conscious? How image conscious are you? How much uh, do you care about how you come off to other people? Oh, I, I, I would say a lot. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 my daughters freaking dress me, and I'm 49 years old. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, babe, like, I, I need an outfit for this. Oh, here, I got you. You know, and then, right. you know, they, uh, yeah. So I don't know. All right. Okay. Where does your self-esteem come from? Well, this is good, man. Uh, this is good. Is this good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, we're having a good time here. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Just want to make, wanna make sure I'm, I'm worth your hour here. Um, my self-esteem comes from, God, I mean, it probably comes from other people feeling like I've helped them, you know? Okay. I, 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 I feel like it, 
you know, in a, in a roundabout ways. I mean, my, my job is basically, I, I talk to people on the internet every day or I write books, uh, where people read or I go and I speak and I, you know, I mean, I think I've done a lot of work on this, but I definitely still think it's still there that I'm like, man, like I, I really, I really feel great about myself after, after I get all the hearts and the DMs and the, um, the, the applause after the, and the line is four miles long at my book table and all the things. And there's not a lot of self-worth, self-worth that comes from maybe just being a good guy, <laughs> I guess. Right. Okay. So yeah. another question for you would be, uh, do you have a, uh, a need to be needed by others? Hmm. Do I have a need to be needed? I, I may say no I, 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 to that. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I, yeah. I All right. Say no so here's another statement for you. We're, huh? we're, we're getting there. Okay. So here's another statement for you. <laughs> I, I have a need to maintain, and it's really powerful. I have a need to maintain inner peace almost at all costs. I want my inner world to be super chill cool. I also want my external world to be really super chill and cool. Like maybe sometimes uh, 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 during a, a high holiday, you know, around the house and people aren't getting along. It's like, I don't understand why people just don't get along with each other. Why can't we all just be friends? You know, uh, do you tend to self forget and then merge with other people or a group in order to gain a sense of love and belonging? Or I am a person who avoids conflict to avoid feeling separate from other people. I want harmony. I want balance. Uh, and that can sometimes lead to a loss of boundaries and priorities. You know, mm. like, like it's really hard for me to say no to people because, you know, I just, I'm a per, you know, I just want to be supportive and do all the stuff for, you yeah. know, for other people. I'm not in touch with my anger. Like, yeah. it's really hard for me to get angry. Yeah. Like, in fact, maybe my wife has said to me, where's your anger, man? Like, where's your <laughs> life force? Like, where's the energy, man? Like, rise up and take hold of your damn life, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. How am I doing now, Carlos? Yeah, now, does, that, does oh, that sound yeah. more like you? Yeah, that, yeah, we're, we're, we're hitting there. Like, we're, we're, uh, that does sound more like me. All right. Do you, do you, has anyone ever said to you, you're spacey? Oh, yeah. Like you kind of like dissociate and kind of check out and wander off into oh. the ether. Oh gosh, yeah. My 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 management, my manager is just like, bro. I I just can you give me, give me thirty seconds. <laughs> Look, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what about do you? I want to ask you this. Do you do certain things? And this is where we're going to get a little vulnerable here, right? Okay. Do you okay. do stuff that we call it narcotizing? So stuff like it could be um, compulsive reading or joking around or eating food right? Watching too much Netflix, eating sleeves of donuts, uh, reading novels, something like that, uh, you know, kind of, ex it could be exercise, but it's narcotizing. It's like, I'm numbing. I want to numb. Oh, yeah. You may not know what it is you're numbing, yeah. but you're no, trying to I, I, numb. When, right? when, I, when I get, like, when, when I get into something, when, like, I am, like, crazy, like, I get crazy research mode, and, and honestly, it is that, it is that numbing, it's that, it's like, what, what can I do to, um, I don't even, I don't even know if, if I'm relieving anything, but I, I get hyper fixated on, on things where it, right now it's like beekeeping. Like literally I was up till like 
3 a.m. last night watching beekeeping videos on you know my my hives that I have in the backyard, and I'm like all in and ever you know I, I I just get I was fly fishing for a while like it was you know all the but I I definitely I get yeah yeah I definitely get hyper focused and I don't even know if that was necessarily the question you were asking but um. Yeah, it's more like, you know, it'd be more like almost addictive kinds of behaviors, yes. you know, oh, where okay. it's like... Yes, 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 yes. So, yes, so that's where I want to get back to. So, so yes. So, like, for instance, I mean, let's just get super vulnerable. Like, I I don't... Like, when I drink, like, I, I don't just drink a beer. Like, I can't just have one beer. It has to be three, like, homestyle beers. And Heather's like, what, why are you having a third? And I was like, well, because I don't feel it. Yeah, like 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 I I want to, or or like when if I go to the convenience store, it's a great example, and I go in to like just get like a like a beef stick. I'm like, no, I gotta have the pan dulce and the zebra cake, and it's just more. And it, or if I go to get a little tornado at the triptych, the little the little those little like hot like hot things that they have on little rollers like hot dog things, I'll get four. When I know I just need one, but I get four because I'm like, oh, because I, I like to feel stuffed, right? Like I, I don't know if this is maybe mm. a little bit more of where mm -hmm. where you're going there. So, mm -hmm. so last question. Okay, when you get angry, have you ever been accused of being passive aggressive? Like your uh, anger doesn't come straight out, and maybe it just kind of leaks out. No, I don't think I've ever actually okay. been accused of that. How you do? How do you do with anger? You like not not just after you've done work now, okay? But I mean, just yeah, yeah. think about the whole of your life. How good have you been at expressing anger? Horrible. I've always been horrible at expressing anger, um, and and I feel like instead of getting angry, I would have, you know, I just keep thinking back to like the worst season, the darkest, my darkest days a decade ago of my life, and I was like, mm. you know, I would run to, I would run to, uh to another human that would make me feel uh, artificial intimacy, right? Like, like I, I would I would run towards that. Well, that could have been pornography. That could have been flirting. That could have been, you know, but I would always run towards one set of eyes that would look at me. It could have been uh, friendship. It could have been one set of eyes to look at me and, and trick them into making, you know, making me feel like I'm known, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that, that's going straight to the, to the, to the depths of the gutters in my life, but that's, that's where I was. I mean, I talk about all this stuff, but you know, yeah. Sure. I'm going to ask you just a couple of last questions and we'll be yeah. done. Okay. But just, I think this is, I'm asking you more questions than I probably need to, but I want people to hear yeah. what we're talking about so that when we arrive at some conclusion, they'll be like, ah, okay, I got it. Oh, me too. Right. So, I don't even know what the hell you guys are doing, but I'm having the blast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Do you self-question a lot when you're under stress? Like, you know, you get you have trouble making decisions, you can kind of go into analysis paralysis, yeah. you know, when oh, you're yeah. under stress. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe you okay. When you're under stress, do you like become suspicious of other people? You get your anxiety goes up and you become a little pessimistic? Oh. Oh yeah, I get hyper pessimistic. Right now, this season of my life right now, I am probably the most judgmental pessimistic i've ever been in my life all right and then uh yeah well here's what i'm hearing what are you what are you hearing and man? i could be wrong but <laughs> well here's the thing it doesn't okay you've learned about nines but it doesn't sound like you've learned about other types i've you? not i've not i i read nine okay and and i and i was like boom yeah, here i am yeah, yeah. And, and and again okay, other nah, people tell me yeah, who they yeah. are 
Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm not you, so yeah, I'm not yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hey, by the way, Carlos, I really think you ought to read the road back to you okay. because it would really because it's a primer. Yeah. And it's not a 500 page book on the Enneagram. Yeah. And it just runs through those types in a way that's pretty simple and hopefully relatively entertaining. Yeah. But it would really help you because just knowing nine means that you 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 really don't actually know what your type is yet because you just don't know enough about all the others to make, you have no reference point. And to you know be fair, before you, before you finish here, to be fair, I went through a season. I went, I went through like a, such an anti-Enneagram guy season. Oh, like I get I, it. I've you know, been through I, that. I was like, Oh man, like, no, the Enneagram, like I don't you type oh, me. I right. Like I, I, so I went through that. I'm yeah. out of, I'm yeah. out of that yeah. phase now. So I, I've been yeah. all over the place. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, as of now, you have a lot, you do have a lot of nine qualities. Yeah. Okay. You have a lot of them. And, um, you know, but you have a lot of three qualities. Really? Yeah, I could, I'm going to have to get your book. But nine, three, and six are all present in mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, which which would, could, could imply that you're a three, nine, or six, actually. Okay. Yeah. But, but but I think you should read through all yeah. of those numbers, yeah. man. Because mm -hmm. and you know, a friend of mine, you know, I'm in a, a recovery program. We always talk about like uh, to be careful of contempt prior to investigation. Mm. So, in other words, you know, sometimes we'll hear about the enneagram or something, and we we be immediately become contemptuous toward it prior to any investigation mm -hmm. of it. Absolutely. You know, so just to put that aside and go, okay, let me just go check this out and see, because if you are in therapy right now, yeah, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I'm a therapist. I will say this. If there's anybody you have ever met who is always going around telling people to not privilege the Enneagram to some level of magic <laughs> yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, ask Anthony, I am always like being with people going, okay, chill out on this. Okay. Yeah. It is helpful. It is useful, but it is not like you talk about it too much. You yeah. think about it too much. You <laughs> whacked out on the Enneagram. But so don't hear me as saying, okay, yeah. something strange when I say, if you want something to accelerate your experience of therapy, then you really should know mm. your Enneagram type. Oh, that's a good word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it would it will accelerate your process. It will give you a vernacular yeah. that will really help you. What do you know what your wife is? Well, again, no. Okay. Like, right. like, like, yeah. I'd say I would just tell you at this season in your life, Anthony, I'm sorry, but no. at this season in your life, yeah. When oh. you are going through so much stuff, yeah, I'm just telling you, it, it could be a game changer. Really? Yeah. Big yeah. Time. No question. I mean, big time. So here's the stressor for me, though. It's like, I mean, I, I, I mean, you guys, I mean, I'm sitting here in front of freaking the author of of the road back to you. How how the hell am I supposed to like read three, six, and nine and come to no, no, oh, okay. No, no, I want you to read one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, seven, eight, oh, and nine. Oh, oh, you want me to read them all? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want you to read them all. Okay. Yeah. Ian, Ian is selling his For book sure. one person at a time. That's <laughs> right. One influencer at a time. <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to read the whole book. I, all right. I just, well, I just, let I me mean, say something. Go ahead, yeah, Anthony. so like, I mean, one of the things that, that I've always loved about Carlos, about you, Carlos, is... I remember, remember the camping thing you did um, on the coast? D didn't you like have these groups you took on these camping trips? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, 
And it was like, you, you've always had this ability, like even if you're just starting to wrap your head around something, like you already have like a movement, like around the whole oh, thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, bro, you're oh, like yeah. sort of the Pied Piper and everybody's following you off into this experience, you know? And it's like, and that, that could be any number, but there, there are just a lot of sort of earmarks that mm. are very three-ish around some yeah. of that thing that you're, you're able, okay. even like you said, now this is just, I know you were making a joke, but you just said, Ian said something. You said, dude, let's get that and slap it on a bumper sticker right now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it was just like a little off, well, off, you know, yeah. but anyway. Well, you also have a various, you have also have various sort of energy, yeah. which is very three, seven, yeah. eight. And so, not very nine. You know, like someone said you're seven ish. I can, I don't know you. Yeah. I would say, you know, that, that you have that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were a seven. Or, yeah. You know, I mean, there's okay. a lot of various sort of energy. Yeah. So anyway, I want to talk about your dang book and we'll probably that was fun. get to that yeah. was fun. That was awesome. Hey, that well was, done. That was, guys, Good I, job. I mean, that I, was cool. I, I, well done. We'll, well have done. to have you back yeah, on okay. after you read the book. No, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read the around. book and I'm going to come back and cool. I'll be like, guys, I'm, I'm a two. I'm a and two. Here's, here's well, what, what the hell are you going to cool. do now? Yeah. For, <laughs> what would be cool is for you to go read the book with your wife. You and both read it. Yeah. Yeah. Get your number, get her number. And then we do like a follow up. Oh man. Who was that we had on the show? Oh, what was her name? It was way early when we were doing the show. It was like five years ago. Remember? And she thought she was a one. Yeah. Uh, and then she got on the show and we're like, oh my gosh, she's not a one. Yeah. There's just no way she's she a was one. A three. And we don't, Carlos, we never tell people what yeah. they are. Like oh, it's against sure, the yeah. rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm like, oh boy. So I <laughs> said to her, her last name was Ortiz. Ortiz. What was her? Oh, Massive influencer on Twitter. Claire Ortiz. Yeah, Claire. Oh, from Twitter. Claire. Yeah. Yes. She thought she was yes. a one. And, and I'm telling you, man. On Game changer. Oh no, she came back on like six months later. A and different I'm person. telling you, man, I was amazed person. at how much it had upended her wow. world. It had wow. when she found out she was a three, it changed. I mean, like, she kind of like, I mean, it was like a little much for her a little bit. You wow. know what I mean? Like she really yeah. had to do some work. Yeah, she it. she had to do like, some some construction work on the road back to her. Like it, it got imploded. It's, I'm oh, not man. fooling you, man. Dude. Yeah, she did. And so if you do this. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm pumped, dude. We're going to give you six months. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Let's do now, it. If you, if it takes six months to read that book and no, just figure shouldn't. out your type. I do, mean, you, do you read, do you read the book? Wrong. Like if I do the audio book, do you read it to me? Yeah. Yes, I read it. It is you? Okay. But you'd be better okay. off. I mean, I don't know. I like, re I'm a reader because I like to take notes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Crap and stuff, yeah, you know? yeah. But whatever. Everybody different. Right, Everybody's right, right. different. Right. That's good. That's good. All right. I want to talk about how to human three ways to share life beyond what distracts, divides, and disconnects us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it, brother. Well, Tell us. I always, I always, whenever someone reads that subtitle, I like to think, Whatever editor uh, came up with that nice, soft, fluffy subtitle, because yes, that that, that that uh that is there's definitely not a a plus b equals c when it comes to the division that we're finding ourselves in, you know. But and, and really, you know, the book is the book is what I I feel um, I'm best suited at right now in helping people navigate really difficult. Uh, conversations, um, a lot mm -hmm. of relationships that have ended, a lot of, um, a lot of relationships that have ended over politics and, um, divisiveness that the relationships didn't start with those things. So why in the world are they ending, uh, with those things? Myself included a lot of those relationships. And so, you know, the, the book is, uh, my attempt at 
helping people of various belief systems. I mean, I use Jesus uh, as kind of the role model of humanity, but I tell people you can just think Jesus was like Gandhi and still he wins the human of the, you know, of, of forever award. So let's just kind of use him. And uh, yes, kind of sub- my three ways are be human, see humans and free humans in, in that order. And you can't see somebody until you see yourself. So you got to be human first. You can't free somebody uh, until you see them. So you got to see them and then ultimately is freeing them in some way, shape or form. And so BC and free, that's kind of like my, my, my three steps there. And it's been fun. You know, the, the book has been, you know, really a lot of people are, are, are enjoying it. And I'm, I'm getting to speak at it in a lot of different, uh, really mostly corporate contexts. And, you know, these companies are asking me to come in and they're like, my, our people hate each other. They, they can't work with each other on teams now because of who they voted for. And, you know, to come in and, and try to um, try to help them with that has been a lot of fun. So I, I know my, my face is on the cover, but I'm not the human uh, in any way, shape or form that I'm trying to get people to learn from. It's, it's, I definitely use Jesus as the context of, yeah, let's, let's see kind of how he did it. And um, try to help people with it. So yeah, it's been fun. I've enjoyed uh, speaking on it, and I think it's helping a lot of people. So let's just unpack those three verbs for a second. Yeah. Um, and then just just uh, in summary, like go through them with me and help me understand their relationship to the topic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, you know, I I think of like all the for dummy books, right? Like, you know, computers mm-hmm. for dummies and the f- iPhone for dummy and how to human, you know, it honestly, this kind of a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a title that when we were debating to call it that, why, Carlos, why didn't you say how to be human? Like, like how come you took the B out? How come it's how to human? I just feel like we've forgotten. I just feel like We've we've kind of bumped off course. I don't feel like humanity is any worse off than it was 100 to 500 years ago. I just, it's not, it's just not. Read history. We're not. Um, but the the three verbs in context of how to human, um, I feel like we have to, my dad used to say all the time, Carlitos, when a boat is knocked off one degree in 10 miles, you cannot tell it's going in the wrong direction. But in 100 miles, it will be 10 miles off. And in a thousand miles, it will be a hundred miles off. So we've got to fix the 1%. And that's really all I'm trying to do is to, sh- to remind people, A, the, the pandemic in the last three years of humanity has all kind of maybe bumped us off 1%. And it doesn't feel like a big deal, but maybe it's going to feel like a lot bigger deal in a hundred years if we don't fix it. And so how, how do we do it? B, let's talk about B for a second, um, which is really the work for my next book that's coming out next year. It's all about the be human piece, but slowing down, lowering the volume of life, remembering what it was like to be human without our addiction to all the things that I'm holding in my hand and the, uh, the pace and the speed at which life comes at us. Um, what, what does that look like to lower the volume of life? What, what does it look like to really be and to do the work on yourself, therapy, counseling, reading the road back to you, all my friends? Like all of these things can help us truly be who we were created to be. And not until we get that part figured out can we go to the C piece, which is actually a lot harder than being, right? Now now I'm asking, when you get to the middle part of the book, I'm asking us to do the one thing that we haven't wanted to do the last few years, and that is see people that vehemently disagree with us. See people that uh, vote for people that we feel like are dehumanizing to other people. See people that don't look like us, think like us, vote like us, love like us, all the things that make us really uncomfortable. 
Well, what does it truly? What does it mean to truly see them uh, in in the context of I think how Jesus teaches us and taught his disciples uh, to do? So, seeing others—that's uh, where empathy plays a role. That's where being curious plays a role. Just people don't want to do that these days. And then that last step of freeing people, I think ultimately, like it's one thing to see somebody, but what can we do collectively to really give people freedom? Uh, and it could be freedom in, you know, various things. I mean, some people need freedom from addiction. Some people need freedom from, you know, financial, you know, uh, woes. Some people need freedom spiritually. Some people, freedom, freedom in any way, shape or form. Like, like I feel like that is very important for, um, for, for us to get down the, the freeing people. Peace. And so, you know, I think, I think everybody, the reason why there is so much rage is because everyone feels like their, their way of freeing people is the best way. Um, and I think at, at our core, every human has a reflex of rescue. Uh, even those that I disagree with, the way they go about rescue, um, I think that, I think that's really still at the core of who they, of what they want to see accomplished. So that's where those three words, those three verbs come in, be human, see humans, uh, and, and free humans. Okay, so you talk about true identity, right? I and do. this notion that, uh, and you know, and that's a, a value of yours, I guess. And um, talk to me about that a little bit. I think that's, a, I mean, because you know, true identity, false identity, true self, false self, big self, small self. I mean, these are all sort of related topics, right? Yeah. What What do you What do you mean when you talk about I, it? when I talk about that? I I more kind of talk about the. The, the the holistic piece of who, and again, I mean, I hate, I mean, God, this just sounds so cliche when I say who we were created to be, but I just, I, I, and, and again, a lot of this has been through the work that I've gone through, but for me, finding my true self and my true identity happened when I realized that there is, and you can go back to our, our younger version, right? The, the, the eight-year-old version of me, or it could be the 20 or 37-year-old version of me that was was numbing himself uh, because of the pain of the trauma that I that was unhealed in my life. And so there I was, the, the, the true essence of me, though, making horrible decisions, numbing myself, and those decisions ultimately destroyed my life. So here's here's the journey back to me, right? is is at forty five years old. Saying things like, "Oh, I hate that. I I hate that part of me." I would say that all the time. Oh, I can't. I don't even talk. I don't want to talk about thirty-seven-year-old me. I hate that part of me. Like, I I can't stand that part of me. Why? Because that part of me ruined my life. So yeah, no, I hate him. Well, through through a lot of work, getting to the realizations, actually, that part of you is still a part of you. Like that part of you was actually just doing its best job to protect you. So what did I have to do? I had to really reconcile with me and actually invite. And this is through the work that I did. It was called Heart Sync. But invite that part of me back, back into relationship with this current part of me. So suddenly there was like this really crazy reconciliation and uh, apology from 45-year-old Carlos to 37-year-old Carlos being like, I'm sorry I hated you for so long. I, I, I Actually, will you forgive me and will you come back? Will you come back and, and make my heart whole again? And it was scary to look that look a part of me in the eye that ruined my life and invite that part of me back in. That part of me was, was the life of the party. That part of me was like all of these things that disappeared when I cut them off. And there were still some good parts of that part of me, you know? And so I, that got really deep. That got really, like right now as I was answering that. But for me, it's really helping people get back to 
a whole version of their hearts, like like facing themselves again. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the what you're describing, I think, in psychology, we might call integration, right? If you have parts of yourself that are split off, yep. that you have exiled, because that you don't, you have either, or maybe if it was Carl Jung, we'd say you've sort of thrown it into the shadow where you mm. don't have to see or acknowledge it because you hate it and it's just better off in the yeah. shadow. Yes. You're living fractured, right? You're, you're Absolutely. literally disintegrated, right? Yeah. Like you, you lack wholeness. I just got to ask you, because it actually might help with the type thing too. You you keep mentioning that you tried to kill me, ruin my life. What what did happen back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't leave people hanging because they're all oh, scratching no, their head absolutely. right now going, yeah, what yeah. happened to Carlos? Yeah, yeah. So so one thing they can do is they can read my book, Kill the Spider. You can buy that on Amazon right now for only $14.99. No, I'm just kidding. And I'll also tell you. But the, my book, Kill the Spider, goes into those dark seasons where I did. I, I had an affair. I went searching for... Um, to relieve my pain outside of the confines of my reality of, of, of what it was that I was in. And so, um, yeah, 20, 2010, uh, was when that happened. And so that, that is why when I look back after all the work and healing and, you know, long story short, my wife who was with me then after we separated is with me now, but there's been mm -hmm. so much work that had to happen. And the work that was happening prior to maybe four years ago was a lot of me. I mean, it was a lot of therapy, but it, it was a lot of me like just, oh, I, I would never want to think of that time. Like, I didn't want to think about it. Like, I, mm -hmm. I didn't want to think about that time. I didn't want to think about that dude on the sofa looking around at 2 a.m. to see if his little kids were, you know, up or if his wife was, a, like, I didn't want to think about that guy because he made me nauseous and he ruined everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I talk about when I say I hate that guy, mm -hmm. couldn't stand that guy. But but the reintegration, I guess, is what you, as, as you're saying, was doing the work of, okay, we're actually going there. You're going to look at that guy in the eyes, you know, and, and mm -hmm. we're going to have a conversation with them. So there was a lot of experiential therapy that went into the re reintegration mm -hmm. that, that I went through. So, well, thank you for sharing that. That yeah, was important because I think all of our people were sitting out there yeah. going, huh, I'd like to know the backstory. Yeah, but absolutely. Getting the backstory. That's really yep. helpful, man. I appreciate yep. you absolutely. being able to give people some, uh, some, some context for it. For sure. Um, okay. B, C, free. Did I get that in the right order? I hope I got you that. Did. In the right order. You did. You did, man. Um, I love this, man. And I, I I do love that we have voices in the culture that are helping us navigate very difficult times. I, I have a question. I do have a question for you, though. One last yeah. question. And uh, then I have one for you. I'm a, all right. So you have you mentioned earlier that you but you do say things uh in social media, I'm assuming Instagram, but that, sure. that are provocative, uh, that have now you have found yourself in situations where you're having difficult, like you're getting some heat. Is that what you were yeah. saying earlier oh, yeah. or did I miss oh, it? Oh yeah. No, you got it. You hit the nail on the head. I'm, 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 I'm definitely and getting heat. Is that, is it just, are other people just coming back to you with a lot of heat or are you coming out with a lot of heat? Oh, well, I like the way you, you said that. I, I think I would initially say that I was, people were coming at me with a lot of heat. You know, like I, I, mean, I kind of got uninvited from evangelicalism. Uh, you know, I'm no, no longer. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, let, let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Ahead <laughs> Did and, you yeah. get a letter in the mail? Did they send you an email? <laughs> yeah. Dear Carlos, yeah, you have yeah. been it's uninvited really, from yeah, evangelicalism. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so real wide brush there that I was painting, but yeah, all the all the all the church speaking opportunities dried up. They're gone. 
right? So, and that was literally all I did for seven years of my life was weekends at churches. And the next thing you know, I start talking about justice. I start talking about, you know, things in 2020 that, to be honest with you, I didn't realize we're going to be controversial. I, w- I wasn't coming in with heat. I didn't know I was coming in with what? heat when I was like, hey, Black Lives okay. Matter, right. you know, so, so like I didn't know. So all that to say, yeah, I was coming back with a lot of heat. People were coming towards me, uh, unfollowing me and, the, you know, writing articles on me. But little did I know was, yeah, that I turned up the heat in the kitchen and the people that were in mm-hmm. my kitchen didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I, you know, it's just so interesting with nines. Like, you know, David Dark, right? Yeah. Like, David's a nine. You would never know from David's, like, stuff on social media that he's a nine. Because he that guy throws grenades yeah, all yeah. day <laughs> long. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always like, how is David a nine? Remember <laughs> yeah, that, Anthony? Totally. Like, you've seen his stuff. And I'm always like, David. And, and then one day he said to me that part of it is it's like, oh, was anger from behind my computer is easy. Mm. I don't have to actually go do it yes. with people. Yeah, you know, I can actually be doing that from the the safety and the confines of my own space, you know. And yeah. I think uh, I think about my wife, who's a nine. I think that would be true if she were in that space. I think, uh, of course, my wife's anger just comes out behind the wheel of the car, uh, <laughs> where she. You oh know, my gosh, is- that is so fun! Funny that you said that because that's I. I'm glad you said that. that's literally the only time that I that that. <laughs> My wife was like, are you, are you really going to chase him right now? Like, like I felt you accelerate. Like, that what are you hilarious. going to do when you catch him? And so it's funny you said that because like, that's the only time that my wife has ever been like, the only time I ever see you angry is in the car. That's so funny that you said that. That is yeah. hilarious. It's safe inside the box to yell. We had someone on the show. I can't tell you actually who it was because they're very famous. You remember who this is, uh-huh. right? Oh, Anthony? Yeah. And I can't say the name because it was actually after the dang interview was over, remember? So it's not on the mm-hmm. interview. Oh, okay. And this person said on to us after the interview was over, they were so nine. They said, um, yeah, you know, sometimes when I've gotten angry, I just go into the closet and scream. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember totally. that, Anthony? And you wow. know who it is, right? And I was like... Oh my gosh, why didn't you say that when we were rolling? Because that is the nine-ish thing I've ever heard, man. That is that crazy. Is, that is so yeah, my nine-ish, if oh. I am a nine, I'll figure that out when I read your book. Is is it happens in the car. But here's my question to you, Ian. My my question right. my question is: I was actually it's not even a question. I was on my way down to record this podcast, and my daughter goes, What are you doing? I was like, I'm gonna do a podcast, and and she's like, uh, she doesn't really ever ask me who. And I was like, She's like, who? Again, she's 21, and my other daughter is 19. Uh, I go, with Ian, the guy named Ian, you wouldn't know. She goes, wait, Ian? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know a guy named Ian? She goes, yeah. There's a guy every day that comes in to our taco shop and orders coffee. And <laughs> No and, freaking and, way. And, and I go, I go, wait a second. She goes, yeah, is it Ian that gets, ask him if he gets this drink? And I was like, wait, no, no, no. That is him. So both my daughters work uh, and they see you every day and they love you, they said. It's so, so Hela is what my one daughter and Sayana is, is my other daughter. And apparently they make you coffees every day, so. Dude, oh my that's gosh. so funny. That is freaking hilarious. Okay, everybody, if you want to meet me, all you have to do is probably around 8 o'clock every morning, go over to Lady Bird Taco on okay. 10th Avenue South here in Nashville, Tennessee. The, I didn't want to give up the location in case you were trying to keep your yep. spot secret. So there you go. There no, you go. no, it's fine. It's fine. Just that come on awesome. over. Let's. We're going to give a shout out, though, for Lady Bird. Let's do. Lady Bird oh, Taco is the best. Yes, yes. And both my daughters work there. And so they're, they're, they're making coffees and making people smile. So, well, Carlos Whitaker, we think Enneagram Nine, but we're not sure we're because not you sure. have to read the book. 
<laughs> author of the book, How to Human, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects Us. This has been a rich, fun conversation. Hey, yes. Anthony? So good. Overdue. So good. Thanks, guys. And we're going to have you back. Loved it. Yes, yeah. I am. I'm making my way Seriously, back. Seriously, six months. If you, you have to do what... Uh, Claire Ortiz did. You have to read it, and then we're going to come back, okay. and then I promise you'll thank us. I swear yeah. to gosh, oh, you'll yeah. thank us. I, I'm in. I, I literally will. So uh, you're going to give me your address when the show's over, and I'm going to have my assistant send you the dang book. Okay, I love it. It's it's in. All right, all right, everybody. Typology tribe, my beloved Anthony, adios amigo, and uh, to Carlos el mismo, and to all of my typology friends. May you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, and may you have rest. Until next time.